Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. This episode is sponsored by R.W. Knutson Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice, a welcome addition to anyone's sleep routine. Pace Case, if you know me, and you do, mm-hmm. you know that I'm yeah. working all hours of the day, all hours of the night. Mm-hmm. So the sleep that I do get has to be very good sleep. And I'm always looking for ways to up my sleep routine. Sometimes I'll read a book to go to sleep. Sometimes mm-hmm. I'll- the Bachelor? Uh, that book keeps me very awake. It's very engaging. That never puts me to sleep. Mm. I will sometimes just put down my cell phone after a long day of looking at a screen. It's nice to get some time away from the screen. I also will incorporate some R.W. Knutson Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice. It truly makes you go to sleep a little easier. It's the thing you need to help you drift off into the dreamland. Mm. As more and more people are looking to prioritize sleep, Organic Just Tart Cherry is having a moment thanks to Tart Cherry's potential sleep-related benefits and potential to aid in muscle recovery when you get those gains like clues. We're seeing this in the viral sleepy girl mocktail trend on social media. R.W. Knutson has a whole lineup of natural juices with zero added sugar, so you can feel good about adding them to your wellness routine. It's all about celebrating those daily wins. Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice is made from tart cherries, which may help you get a better night's sleep because they have natural melatonin. R.W. Knutson crushes only 100% real ingredients, so you can crush everything you do. Pick up a bottle at your local grocery store today. It's the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. This is the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. I want this side of the room to repeat after me. A hoo-ha is a vagina. Welcome to Game of Roses. This is Pace Case. This is Bachelor Clues, and I'm wearing a t-shirt that says, I survived the poop baby arc in Bachelor in Paradise Season 9. How do you know that? The arc hasn't finished. <laughs> oh my God, you're right. Maybe I, <laughs> I don't think we're going to survive it. <laughs> I survived the first part of that arc. I mean, it truly feels like I have... I'm wearing a t-shirt and it says, bad at job. Ooh. I think this is the worst Bachelor in Paradise episode I've ever seen. 
it's not just the worst Bachelor in Paradise episode you've ever seen. It's the worst Bachelor in Paradise episode that's ever been made. Period. Wait, you think there's ones that have been made that I haven't seen? No. <laughs> I guess it's the same it's the same pool of <laughs> items. I literally was like, wait, there's Bachelor in Paradise seasons that are on the cutting room floor that I haven't seen. And I was like, I want to see them. Of course there are. I made up a whole town. There's footage. Look, producers, ABC, Warner Brothers, I know you'll never do this. Give me all of the raw footage from Bachelor in Paradise season nine. Let me cut a season for you. I will give you a much yes. better season. Because what you got here is a fucking mess. And my main character would be... Olivia. Uh, she is your whole show at this point. You're not giving her enough to do, but uh, this Bachelor in Paradise is a sad state of affairs. No doubt about it. There's no um, beating around that bush. And if you are listening, anyone at ABC, it is not too late. You can alter this order. And I know that you would like to because Golden Bachelor is crushing the ratings. It's a massive hit, a cultural phenomenon. Give us two hours of Golden Bachelor and one hour of Paradise. Make them recut the shows. This is possible to do. In fact, may I be so bold? We need it. Cancel Bachelor in Paradise and give us three hours of Golden Bachelor. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't mind. And I don't think anybody else would either. Oh my God. It was. I'm so happy that we have Golden Bachelor because I'm trying to picture myself in an alternate universe where we just have this season of BIP and I would feel not good. Yeah. This season of BIP is an all-time low for ratings, but also for quality. And I, I'm surprised that I'm even able to say that based on the last two seasons of BIP. But uh, hopefully we have reached the bottom and it's all up from here. I'm I'm looking forward mm -hmm. at this point to Bachelor in Paradise season 10 next year. We feel the bottom. We're definitely there. Yeah, I know. We certainly are. Uh, but we'll be getting to all of that, of course. No, I just, I feel like I, before this point, I always thought of Bachelor in Paradise like pizza where it's just like, it's probably going to be pretty good, even the worst ones. And I don't, I, I no longer. It's, it's the all-star game. It's like when you watch a baseball all-star game or a basketball all-star game. Mm -hmm. It's just fun. It's just players playing and having fun. I mean, there's seasons like this in sports. Yeah. Right. I'm sure there's bad seasons. Absolutely. There are. No fun games. And I feel like that's where we are now. And, uh. Yeah, it's it's a travesty because you do have some really high level players. They're doing interesting stuff, but I think there's also massive amounts of players who are completely underutilized. Blake Moines, I'm looking at uh, you. Oh my God, Rachel Reckia, I'm looking at you. They aren't putting Rachel these Rekia. players in any good situations, and so we don't get to see them Why? do anything. Why? I think because they don't understand what paradise is. I think this season is very just fucking telephoned in it feels like the producers don't give a shit about it and they're like uh yeah we got to start out with that love triangle thing you get these they they know who everyone's first choices are so when the players yeah. arrive nobody's first choice is there the same day they are so you get these situations like cat is has to tread water with Braden until her number one gets there we saw it with kylie we saw it with mercedes no one cares about this shit. A lot of placeholder play. Yes. It's a tired old thing that worked maybe four or five seasons ago, but we've all seen it. All the players on your beach have seen it. And by the way, all the players are trained. Whether it's by me or somebody else, all the players are trained there. You cannot trap right. them in these fucking situations anymore. So you need to alter the game. You need to keep it fresh. We can talk about ways to do that when we get to our BIP season nine breakdown. But first, we got to talk about Golden Bachelor. Uh, let's do what we came here to do, Pace Case. And now, Pace Case and Bachelor Clues proudly present 
analysis of play in this week of our beloved game. This is Game of Roses. All right. We start out tonight's breakdown with, so far to me, the most entertaining uh, episode of Golden Bachelor yet because we've oh it was such a good episode yes we have now that we've we've been sitting with Gary and these players in this season for a couple episodes now and yes in the beginning it was all new they're older they're wiser they have crazier PTCs We're all a sisterhood yeah it's all a sisterhood everything's STCOing everything's genuine for TRR so genuine so real now. The luster's kind of rubbing off of the gold a little bit, and we're starting to see the Bachelor part of Golden Bachelor come through. The game mechanics. We saw play, play, play all night long. Some people doing it well, some people doing it bad. But we are seeing real Bachelor plays happening now with these older players, and it's fucking fascinating. Mm -hmm. I absolutely love it. I feel like it exposes that the game structure is all you need. Mm -hmm. Put anyone in it. It is. It, it, It'll work. I agree. It truly lays it bare that it is about the game structure, but it's also about the presentation of these players because they're letting them play and they're showing us the plays. They're not cutting around it. They're not trying to do this, trying to do that. It's it's all pretty well presented. So let's get into it. Oh, speaking of great presentation, this opening shot. You're talking about the mansion in the morning or Gary crying? The tears. Yeah. We open with the shot of the mansion in the morning as they have done pretty much every uh, episode. And now we see Gary is just sitting there crying on the dumping bench outside Villa de la Vina. And then we cut to the logo. This is how you do it. I'm in. What's he crying about? Yes. Got to see this. Spoilers. Exactly. And it's not anything about the end of the season. And we're not waiting for some dumb bullshit that you're trying to trick us about. This is just a shot of him crying. I'm not being tricked. That's all we need. That's all we need. He is going to cry. Now, why is he crying? No trick. So we go into the mansion. Leslie ITMs the colorful narration here. 12 players left. They all have feelings for Gary. The players all talk about their connections getting deeper. Leslie ITMs that the vibe is camaraderie, but also there needs to be uh, hearts protected and someone's worried about women getting catty. I don't remember who said that. Uh, it might have been off face, but somebody says that. So you know what we're in for here. Now we're going to start seeing the gloves come off. Gloves come out. Exactly. Kathy's in a girl chat issuing vague 4TWR attacks. Kathy ITMs that several of the players have formed an alliance. This was incredible. It's April, Susan, Kathy, and Nancy have formed an alliance that they're calling Askin. You're asking, we're telling. That's their motto. Brilliant fucking play here to brand yourself and to form a union with these other players who now you can do social media with, asking t-shirts and hats and water jugs, tattoos. We've already seen them do social media. Yeah. That Kathy and Susan, Chris and uh, mm -hmm. Caitlin post. I love it. We see them do some fart play <laughs> later yeah. on. We see that Kathy is shit talking a little bit. Teresa, she's the front runner. Her clothes are so small. Yeah. A small clothes attack. I wrote down small clothes jealousy attack. <laughs> uh, DLP comes in and he says there's going to be a one on one and a fun group date. And not only is it a group date, it's an all-player date. Let's go. I love this. I love all-player dates, especially in this scenario. You're getting an all-player date, but then one player off that is also going to get a one-on-one -on -one later. 
which mm-hmm. I, I think is fascinating. So uh, we see that this group date is going to be a talent show. This is an artistic endeavor. We've seen things like this uh, throughout many seasons of the other show, The Bachelor and Bachelorette. Joan ITMs that she has no talents. This is an IFI, a fear of having to mm-hmm. do a talent show, essentially. And we cut to a huge live audience in a theater uh somewhere we don't know where we'll find out where it is later and gary and dlp are on stage as the players come in this is breakneck pace boom 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 there's going to be a group date you're all on it here we are too fast to me i didn't mind it but i also would have uh, been fine with it being a little slower maybe in a two-hour version of this i'm ready to soak in golden me too golden bachelorette better fucking be two hours it better fucking be two hours a golden bath okay uh, I think golden uh, bath is at least different than a golden shower. Do something that frightens you every day. Extend golden bachelor an hour. Yes, please. <laughs> that might frighten some producers, but just do it. Um, we get this all player date talent show public. Perf- it's going to be a public performance. We see Kathy's already totting in a cowboy hat. And the, and the fact that there's just like unexplained tots, I'm feeling the quick pace and I, would like to soak a little bit more. I see. Um, we see that Gary intros <gasps> a beloved member of Bachelor Nation. His friend, he and says. Leslie FEMA's hero player, and neither of them say the one true goat as they introduce Caitlin effing Bristow. Yeah. Ugh. Loved it. Loved it. Loved to see her. She's an empathetic queen. This is where I started to feel that it was moving too fast because we barely saw her. She came out, did one line, and then that was it. We never saw her again. And it does feel... I I don't know who made this decision. Ultimately, uh, it had to have been at the broadcast level at ABC to decide, yes, we'll order Golden Bachelor. It's going to be a one-hour show. Here's where it will fit into our schedule. And obviously, Paradise has been two hours for many years now. And so that's kind of like, that's what they do. Mm. It's locked in. It's been four hours a week <laughs> that's for true. many years. Oh my so God. They're really holding back this season. It's also, you know, it's a test pilot. Yeah. The first season of The Bachelor was only one hour. Yes, exactly correct. I think ba- Golden Bachelorette, I, I think and I hope and I pray to our one true God, Gary Turner. <laughs> <laughs> ABC will make Golden Bachelor two hours. Golden Bachelorette, sorry. And then every every subsequent show. And I also hope and pray to the Golden God Gary Turner that uh-huh. all Golden players also get to go to Paradise. Not a Golden Paradise, just yeah. Bachelor in Paradise. Commingle all the shows together. I love that. Me too. And they can STCO for the different generations. Yeah. And, you know, the younger folks can spice it up. The golden folks can give their wisdom and some perspective. And you just make sure to have mathematically the same amount of golden players as non-golden players. And then every once in a while, you're going to get that magical moment when a golden player and a non-golden player. A May-December? Yes. (laughs) Or at least the threat of it. I mean, there's just a new tool to play with in BIP. You're trying to make MILF Manor. I'm not trying to make anything. I'm just saying BIP needs something and you got the thing. Golden Bachelor is destroying ratings. Gary's your bartender. Oh my God, please, please, please anyone else. But um, I'm just saying you have this thing in Golden Bachelor that is like, this is fucking magic. This is lightning in a bottle. Put some of it in fucking paradise because paradise is like, it's hanging on by a thread at this point. Tonight was like, damn. 
There was some good play in it, though. That's the thing that kills me. I, I can watch that episode, and there's enough of it in the show. There's enough good shit yeah. in the play that I'm like, fuck, they got me again. I watch an hour and a half of nothing, but then I see Braden Bowers doing his fucking like, just sitting there like, I'm not yelling at you, cat. And I'm like, I'm fucking in. So I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. There's so little that we're just hanging on to for that. Um, we see it's going to be a play for time. We see Sandra do some stand up. Mm-hmm. We see Susan do karate. And then Ellen. <laughs> okay. If you, have you watched Real Housewives of New York? Uh, yes. I've seen some of it. I have not seen the whole thing. She reminds me of Ramona Singer a little bit. Oh, yeah. Sure, yeah. Got a little vibe. But she uh, teaches sex ed to middle schoolers. I love this, that she leaned into her job. Um, And then we see Faith says she's proud of all of them for Mm. how they're doing at the talent show. She performs a song. Wouldn't it have been so funny if she just started singing, like, I'll be your Mrs. Right, girl. Oh, my God. Yes. (laughs) That would have blown my mind. (laughs) Or the Right Reasons rap song that Desiree Hartsock did. Oh, God. You can't do that anymore. Uh, <laughs> April does uh, does some sort of a beatnik performance. At least that's what the Chiron said. Kathy does push-ups. Nancy does this whipped cream catching thing. April says we have the power of Botox. Leslie gets a DLP intro. Yep. And she does a, a sexy dance. And she gets the Gary interaction and we see some of the players starting to get a little, little hint of the, the green devil. What is it called? The green, green eyed monster. Jealousy. Green eyed monster. Yeah. <laughs> green eyed monster. Yeah. They're starting to be like, okay, we get it. You know, <laughs> you were a dancer and all that. Fine. Whatever. And then she finishes this fucking dance. She's already got everybody targeting her now. She lifts up this fucking bucket that she had Gary sitting on while she was doing kind of like part of the dance, I believe, was it? Who was it? Susan was like, this is a little, it's getting a little too erotic or something, she said, because she was kind of lap dancing him a little bit. She mm-hmm. And then she pulls up this bucket. I don't know what was in there, a piece of apple pie or something she had on a little plate. I don't know. A pastry cake? I bake too and then feeds him this shit and kisses him. And I was like, oh, that's it. Play the game for sure. Only it wasn't. Only it wasn't. And that's when I started losing my fucking mind. This is when I was literally like pausing my TV, right. standing up and screaming like, I can't believe what I'm seeing. Oh, my God. Is that why your apartment looks destroyed? Yeah. That's, <laughs> I have All my windows are shattered. I was just punching them out. It was just such a high level play. It was like. I know. I've never seen that before. Never. She knows. She's a professional dancer who that's still her career uh, to some degree. She teaches aerobics and stuff like this, right? Doesn't she do that? Yeah, she teaches kids dance. And- dance classes and stuff. So she's not resting on that. She's not saying I'm a professional dancer. I'm going to blow everybody out of the water with that skill alone. She then adds on top of it this baked cake thing. There's something funny and sweet about it. And- she gets to do a little food play. Yeah. It was just like such a high level play overall. Like she came to this group date saying, I'm going to win this. Here is how I'm going to do that. And she executed it perfectly. There were a bunch of other players who were just kind of like getting through it, trying to be funny. This shit was another Mm -hmm. level. And I really thought it was going to be my play of the game. And I thought it was going to be more effective than it was. Instead, we end this segment on Joan being afraid to do this. This is her IFI. She Mm -hmm. has no talents. She's already told us. We begin portion two. 
we now learn we're at the Canyon Club. We see a exterior shot of the sign. That's that's where this has all been taking place. DLP reminds us that this is a PFT. I think this played a role in Vanderpump Rules. I think some people got kicked out of it. Oh, interesting. A little crossover. By the way, I dropped episode three. Forgot to do that in the business. Episode Season one, episode three of Vanderpump Rules is in the Patreon. Pace case blah, blah. And I'm going to have whatever scene of or whatever uh, episode of Love is Blind that comes out tonight, literally after we record this on Thursday night. I'll have oh, that <laughs> for the Patreon at some point, too, <laughs> in the next 10 hours or whatever. Uh, all right. So Joan gets up there. She's uh, terrified to do this. She reads this poem she wrote for him. I just hope I don't vomit on your shoes. Uh, I mean, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. And this poem, IFI by Joan, was my... Play, 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 play of the game. I love this. She set herself up. She was the star of this date. It's a play for time, so she gets the one-on-one date. Unfortunately, her commitment to this game, I question... Oh, but. question. There's no question. She answered that one. Question answered, asked and answered. Uh, we will get to that. But this poem and her talent show uh, competition performance was also my... Play, 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 play of the game. That's what I was saying. When I saw this, I was like, oh, God damn. The dancing in the bucket with apple pie in it it doesn't fucking matter. She just liquefied people with this play. And it was because it was off the back of an IFI. If you go from no confidence Mm -hmm. to greatness, that's a a bigger distance traveled than super confidence to greatness. I mean, I think her hero player was Jade on Chris Soul season. Ah, yes. Too scared to sing or perform or whatever. And then she ended up winning the play for time. Yes. It happened again here. uh, A time-honored tradition. And um, I will also say this. As we go through this Joan arc here, by this point... The Joan of arc? The Joan of arc. By this point, when Joan is going onto that stage, going to that group date. She has already told producers in ITMs about the situation with her daughter back home. They know about that. They know that she is thinking about leaving the show. And so they design this group date uh, to have a winner and they make sure she is that winner so that she can get this group or this uh, one-on-one time, this impromptu one-on-one date basically with Gary where she wins the group date rose. All of this is now engineered to try and keep her on the show by producers. Oh, Conspiracy Town. I don't even think this one's... I didn't go to Conspiracy Town for this one. I think this is 100% accurate. I don't think the. I think they already have all the date like plans already, but I do think that they... Yeah, I mean, it's obviously intentional to give it to her. They just decided. They're all going to go on a group date. She's going to win the group date rose. We're going to make her the star of the group date to try and keep her here. Um, She... This poem was, it plays into her IFI. It calls out Gary for making her not scared. It's so for TRR. And this whole episode, like, yes, they're starting to have, you know, some mini, mini dramas Mm -hmm. in the house, but it's so for TRR. And they're all fucking funny. Every one of these players is fucking hilarious. I'm like... 
I don't, I've never seen a season of Bachelor or Bachelorette like this where every player is fucking cracking legit ass jokes and doing funny things on stage and shit. Like that for me is like the best part of this. They really yeah. are fucking hilarious people. And uh, I wish we had more of that in the the younger game. What do you mean? This Bachelor in Paradise episode? It was hilarious. I was belly laughing so <laughs> Well, also, like, let's just, that's another fucking thing. You've got Braden Bowers in Bachelor in Paradise season nine, and he's not funny. Why? Because you're fucking wrecking him. You set up this situation knowing Kat was going to go with the other dude and Braden would be fucking distraught. Now you've got your funniest fucking player on the sand being sad and depressed. That's a bad move, producers. Everyone's sad and depressed. We're soaking in the crying. You wanted Braden Bowers to be the star of your show. And unfortunately, what I think the producers of Paradise don't understand is the star of Paradise is not a person who's constantly crying. It's a person who's super fucking happy and having the time of their life. That person doesn't exist on Paradise no. because of the environment they've created. You're watching Gary and you're watching these players do it in Golden Bachelor. That's why Golden Bachelor works. These players are all having fun all the time. Even when they're fighting, it's kind of fun. Kathy is fucking throwing these insults and in these ITMs later on. We'll get to them that are like <laughs> hilarious. Oh and she's talking God. about her small clothes wouldn't even fit in one of my like makeup bags and all the shit. Like everything out of her mouth is fucking hilarious. You need that. Anyways, I digress. Uh, Joan does get this this one on one after their conversation. They have about the uh, appropriate length of time to start dating after your spouse has died, and they talk about how you can never really know the time. There's the year mark that people always talk about, but for him it was longer. She says yes. Finally, after two and a half years, I'm finally ready. And she brings up this uh, thing about her family and the new baby, but she's focusing on herself now. And Gary says, let's toast to you. I'm excited to spend as much time as I, I, I'm excited to spend time with her, with you, sorry, Jesus, as much as he has been with anyone else. Here's to you and to our future. GDR, she accepts. Zero pointer. Get that kiss. Portion three. Roses in the in mansion in the morning. Uh, Joan is crying and talking to her daughter on the phone who just had a baby. There's some complications or something. We don't know the exact details here. But uh, Joan ITMs that she knows her daughter needs her mom. Her family will always be first. You're always a mom. And she comes back into the house and tells the other players that she has to leave the show to be a mom. Her family needs her. There's the second player now who's leaving the show due to family responsibilities. Marina was the first one who did it last week, and they cut that out of the show. You can find it on their Instagram, however. Susan ITMs tears here. All the players are fucking crying. And then we cut to Gary, all smiles. Joan produces tears. Faith produces tears. Christina produces tears. Whole fucking room. Everybody's tear playing. Um, and Gary, we cut to him. He's all smiles. My time with Joan was great. And I'm looking forward to this one-on-one date. And then he pulls into the mansion and Joan greets him at the front door before he can even walk in. She's like, can I talk to you for a minute? They go to the dumping bench. She thanks him for one of the best nights of her life and the deep connection, which hasn't happened to her since her husband passed away. She was envisioning a life with someone else for the first time, and it helped to heal her fucking heart. She says that she has a rough text from her daughter, and she doesn't want to leave, but she has to. And Gary tear plays immediately, says he's very disappointed, but he understands completely. Right before he produces tears, he says, oh, Joan. And he says, I'll be with you. And I produce my 
first and only tears of this episode. <laughs> that was the one that got you? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Joan is a dominant-ass player. That's what we saw here. She is so good. I'm sad we're losing her. But uh, yeah, so they basically says, uh, they, they tell each other, you know, we did have a connection. I acknowledge it. And they both regretted not being able to continue it and see where it could go. But he understands she has to do what she has to do. And Joan self-eliminates. And this was my... Error, 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 error of the game. Listen, I don't, I don't, I'm just looking at it objectively. Gameplay only here. I get it. You got shit you got to do in your life. Gameplay only. You Rude. never, nev- never self-eliminate unless there's like an extreme circumstance within the game forcing it to happen. This is a circumstance outside the game. When you're in the game, you got to play the game. Air of the game. She also got my play of the game. Well, you know, Jesus. After that, uh, we see Ellen gets the pretty woman one-on-one date. Gary ITM. She's a hoot. She's never been pampered. It's something she truly deserves. And Ellen, these four TRR ITMs. He picked me. Dang. And this, we meet this man. He's a fashion designer named Michael Costello. And this man who watches Ellen try on a bunch of different dresses like he's Ari Lyondike, listen I. Jorge, 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 Jorge Moreno, bystander of the week. Michael Costello, fashion designer, was also my... Jorge, 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 Jorge Moreno, bystander of the week. Michael Costello has 1.7 million Instagram followers, just for those who might be curious. And I thought the way they shot this date was interesting. It is very uh, telling, I think, maybe of some budgetary stuff. This took place in the mansion. That it was in the house. Yes. Usually, pretty woman date, you get to go to like a boutique or something like this. I kind of liked that it was in the house so that they could parade her out in the dress that she was getting. Yeah, force the other players to see it. I agree it's not as nice for the person on the date. (laughs) But also, it's like, there's something... I like the shot when the pretty woman date is happening. There's a very traditional shot that happens where it's a girl chat with all the other players back at the house and the the pretty woman player is gone out of the house and they get them to start shit talking that player or like how much they wanted to go on the date. I like that little that little beat, which I don't think you can do in this circumstance. But well, there was something there was they do these curtains to reveal the dress to only Michael Costello. And at one point, Alan comes out in a dress and he says, wow, wow, wow. And I replayed this video a lot. I thought it was so funny. And I also was trying to figure out if they were human hands pulling the Mm. curtain open or a string of some sort. Robot hands. I imagine it's PAs, but I didn't find fingers. Probably PAs. So they uh, leave. Ellen leaves from gets her dress, this uh, beautiful pink dress. And um, she comes out. Gary stands up and hugs her. They're waving goodbye to everybody. They get in a limo and they head out to a couch that has been placed on the top of this hill in the middle of nowhere. And uh, they share some champagne and they talk. 
And she asked him what his wedding day was like. And he's like, I don't know. It was 50 years ago. How am I going to remember that? It was a blur. <laughs> Even that was funny to me. I did think that was funny. And then they had no honeymoon because they were poor. And he starts talking about kind of the good old times. And then she says she met her husband at a at camp in the Catskills when they were 10 years old. And um, he ITMs that he can be his authentic self around her. And then he presents her with the next portion of the Pretty Woman date. Cracks a box, two diamond earrings, Neil Lane sparklers. Mm. Fucking loved it. Demon earrings. Loved it. Absolutely loved it. We haven't seen just a straight earring gift like this since. Who got the earring gift? Do you remember this? It came with the first Fimp, didn't it? There was a year. There was a year where they gave a Fimp Pros with earrings. What year was that? Damn it. It was in the dark seasons, I think. It was it was definitely not Neil Lane. Actually, I want to say it was one of the the two that I always mix up, Andy Baldwin or Travis Stork. Mm, interesting. I tried to burn that into my head the other day. This is a minutia alarm and a scream. I was like, I always mix those two up, eight and 10. Yeah. I have to memorize this now. Stork is eight. Baldwin is 10. They're reverse alphabetical order. <laughs> Stork, Baldwin, Stork, Baldwin, Manu- Stork, Baldwin, Stork, Baldwin. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it doesn't sound like Manusha to me. I think about this all the time. I do too. It's literally something I have to look up like once every week. Okay. Anyway. Uh, By the way, when DLP told them, I don't know if it was the one-on-one date or the the group date would be a talent show. Faith looks up into the eyes of Gary, our God, and makes a full mouth aperture in my... Face play of the game. We see the second part of the Ellen one-on-one date. It is a hot air balloon. They get a kiss, and Ellen gets that one-on-one rose, one-on-one rose right away in the balloon. And Gary says, "Have you ever kissed at a hundred feet?" And mm. Ellen goes, "No, I'd love to be." And I was, oh, it was so wholesome. I loved it. It was so sweet. Yeah, great kiss lead in line. I'd love to be kissed at 100 feet. (laughs) She ITMs a spark, love level one. We cut to the mansion, and Teresa is jealous of Ellen and says it's a different feeling going into rose ceremony without rose in pocket. And she tells Kathy that she had an amazing date, and then we start to see these Kathy ITMs. And she's like, you know, sometimes when groups of people get together... As my mother would say, they do things not in the best decorum. I just love like kind of these different generational descriptions for the same Absolutely. things that we hear younger players talk about all the time. Yes. It's so fascinating. Yep. And we see Kathy does this ITM where she's talking about Teresa. And she's like, I think she thinks she's got this. She's basically laying out like she's pushing too hard. I'm going to have to check her now. This is... So far in Golden Bachelor, this is the first inkling of a possible villain or rivalry happening. It's mm-hmm. starting to form. And this is when I was like, fuck, this show's not immune to this shit. The format, like you were saying earlier, yeah. demands it almost. Uh, it will put people in these positions whether they want to be in it or not. It's fascinating. I mean, you're having a bunch of people who have never had a polyamorous relationship try to date the same person. Yeah. You know, it's. It's just a recipe. It's a beautiful recipe. It is. It is. And it's a sport. I agree. So we see these women getting ready for the cocktail party and the rose ceremony. Kathy ITM, she thinks Teresa is using gaze play to inadvertently reveal her thoughts. 
<laughs> I thought that was funny that Kathy doesn't stand a chance, which Kathy is not on board with at all. Kathy's in a uh, uh, kind of group setting and starts tear play and then walks away. And Edith ITMs that the tension is starting to get to people. Everybody's getting jealous. It's going to create chaos. We begin portion five. Teresa is telling the other players that it's getting serious. And April reminds them that uh, they need to handle the situation with dignity and respect. Keep your mouth shut if you have an intimate moment. Is basically the rule that's being laid out here. Vague general tattle. Yes. Don't ask, don't tell is kind of the rule that everybody wants to operate under in terms of what they've been doing with Gary or not, right? <laughs> and so now... Gary arrives and kicks off the uh, cocktail party with a toast to happiness for everybody. Teresa ITMs that she feels like April was talking about her. So one-on-one time then, Faith and Gary, she reveals her romantic tendencies. Gary reveals that he used to flip a coin to find out which direction he would ride his motorcycle in east or west. What? <laughs> Life before the internet sounded crazy. For real. I'm like, what is this dude talking? That was just like a weekend. He'd be like, oh, I'm just going to, I want to ride my motorcycle. Where should I go? Flip a coin. West, it is. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay. This is exactly why he's perfect for Faith. Just drink yeah. water from a hose. Exactly. Uh, but Faith here gets a kiss. Flip a coin. Do I go to the sink or do I drink from the hose? <laughs> it's a hose day. <laughs> We see this one on time with Faith and Gary. <laughs> Teresa and April now girl chat. April tells uh, Teresa that it's Kathy who feels some type of way about what Teresa is saying. She was just relaying that information, basically. And Teresa ITMs that this is crazy and she doesn't want any part of this. One on one time, Kathy and Gary. <clears throat> this was almost my play of the game. But I, it, it was so well done. She... Starts the beginning of this one-on-one time. She's showing pictures of her dad to Gary and talking about how her dad was the person that taught her the ethic of hard work and to be a good person, essentially. Kathy tear plays here. And then she pulls this general title play. People aren't very nice in the house. What? Gary's like, explain that to me. Well, I've been getting a lot of daggers this week. And he's like, who are you talking about? He tries to pull a specific title. He wants her to name names here. She's initiated this general tattle. She's dancing around it. He's like, who are you talking about? And she says, well, what you initially see with some people is not what you get. I just want you to be happy. That's it. Never reveals a name. Just plants this idea in his mind. Some people are assholes here. I just want you to be happy. Look out for him. Now he's on edge and he's built a bond of trust with her. And she's also solidified herself into a super dramatic narrative that the producers are going to want to keep her around for, even if he doesn't want to. Mm -hmm. uh, brilliantly done. Almost my play. Absolutely loved it. Yeah, almost my play, because what happens immediate, presumably immediately after this, is Gary leaves the conversation, says, I understand you had a tough day, and comes back with a special rose outside of rose ceremony, gives it to Kathy. I mean, we've only seen what one or two of these ever god yeah in them in bachelor yes it this almost never happens a completely manufactured rose taken from the fucking pedestal all i can think of is the kelsey one on pilot pete season yeah that's the that's the one i can think of as well and the natasha parker on vip well i mean but that wasn't even given by a player right literally big Polly right. fucking materialized <laughs> out of thin air to oh god at any rate I was thinking about that a lot tonight. Yeah. She comes back into the room and everybody cheers for her. They all clap. 
You see something like this happen in Bachelor, like when Kelsey Weir came back? That was not the reaction when she got a knock knock rose. People were not fucking happy for her or happy at all about this bullshit. Here, though, they all clap. Teresa pulls Kathy for this conversation. They talk on the uh, the following stairs where Tierra Lacazzi. Sorry, yes, the Lacazzi stairs. The Lacazzi stairwell. Or the Pesco stairs. <laughs> have this little two on one chat. We've both fallen down. Yeah. I love to tell people the fact that both me and Tierra Lacazzi fell down those stairs. I mean, it's literally like saying, I got to catch a touchdown pass in the end zone where whoever your favorite football player is scored a touchdown one day or something, you know? That's the way I look at it anyway. Sacred ground. My favorite football player, Aero Bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Same. I was like, name one football player. <laughs> That's Aero. You know, Aero Bro and, and Travis. I don't even know the guy's last name. Kels, the Taylor, oh, Taylor Swift Cameron. boyfriend. <laughs> Tyler Cameron. Yeah. Matt James. Uh, so anyway, Teresa starts tear playing here. And Kathy says, don't cry. You're possessive and it's not a pretty picture. What comes out of our mouths is our responsibility. We have to own it. She kind of gets into her face here. And uh, Teresa says, I feel horrible. And I just wrote in all bold italicized all caps. Kathy does not fuck around. (laughs) Kathy is coming (laughs) for you. If you have in some way (laughs) stepped in front of Kathy uh, with your strategy, either by accident or on purpose, it is not a good place to be. That is what we are learning here. That is why Teresa accidentally walking into this Kathy situation was my error, 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 error of the game. I feel like it's almost accidental. I don't personally feel like Teresa was making... I do feel like it's accidental. I agree with you. This is like a thing you want to avoid if you can, but I don't know if she could have. This was like a heat-seeking missile. No. You know what I mean? And I don't even think she knew it was coming. I think... I I don't personally see her play as like audacious in any way. What she's been saying about her connection with Gary, I don't see that as overstepping any second audience bounds. Yeah. Oh, we had travel plans. I wanted to run away with him. And they're all in this experience together. It's a unique, weird thing that nobody's ever fucking done. And don't you all want to tell each other about what, how your experience is going in this? Probably. No, she's asking. Kathy's telling. Exactly. <laughs> she didn't know about the Secret Alliance. Right. So Asking and you shall receive. <laughs> You get Susan here telling the other women, we're adults. We're not uh, 20-something-year-olds. Leslie ITMs that she turned down her hearing aids so she didn't have to hear it. That's what I'm saying. Like, that shit's funny as hell. That's like a funny-ass joke. Leslie is a professional player. She is a professional player. I also just, I truly love the normalization of hearing aids. I have talked to multiple people about this and how it's, like, connected with an older family member. And I love this. And we see Faith do an STCO for Teresa, who tells her that Kathy says she's been boastful. We get Gary come in. Gary gets this one-on-one time with Teresa, and Faith has disappeared from the... Support for today's episode comes from One Skin. If you have sensitive skin, you're going to want to hear about One Skin's scientifically proven topical supplements. This is face, eye, body, shield... And it can all be used with any of their other products, which are free from over 1,500 chemicals and preservatives that can make skin red, irritated, or itchy. Their products are safe for sensitive skin. It's just one of the reasons 
they've earned the Skin Safe seal of approval. You got to keep that skin glowing if you want to be keeping up the level of face play that I've got going on. And OneSkin was founded by an all-woman team of scientists. Their products are backed by extensive lab and clinical data to validate their efficacy and safety on all skin types. Uh, Their topical supplements are the easiest way to keep your skin healthy and hydrated without the harsh ingredients or irritation found in other skincare products often. OneSkin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, OneSkin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code ROSES at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code ROSES. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support Gore and tell them that we sent you. Clues. Underwear drawers, they're not organized. They're like the the Wild West, the final frontier of wardrobes. Mm. And there's no rhyme or reason to them. You got ones that are super old, uh, different brands, etc. You don't know what to expect. But now I have felt the buttery soft comfort of me undies. And now I want to replace the whole drawer with me undies because... Those are my now go-to. I'm currently wearing their long sleeve shirt and my, um, <laughs> which is not what this uh, ad is about, but I am also wearing the super soft, sustainable modal fabric thong with no rollback waistband. You want that. You don't want it to be rolling. You don't want it to be showing. And I'm hooked. I don't want to wear anything else. It's all got to go now. Well, this ad actually is kind of about that pace case. Everybody knows MeUndies <laughs> makes great underwear. It's in the name, MeUndies. But it's not just about underwear. You can explore the lounge collection featuring comfy joggers, hoodies, onesies, and a whole bunch more. And their Move Me activewear collection is the softest activewear on the market. There's no doubt about it. Right now, you can get 20% off your first order plus free shipping at MeUndies.com slash roses. That's MeUndies.com slash roses for 20% off plus free shipping. MeUndies, comfort from the outside in. Have you ever experienced a dry, itchy scalp or ever wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised? Well, unfiltered, mineral-filled water could be the reason why. Did you know hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin? And that about 85% of the United States uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in. Known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, Canopy is dermatologist recommended. This unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water. Best of all, the Canopy filtered showerhead is hassle-free, installation's a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement. Go to canopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, Gore listeners can use our code ROSES at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. It's too fast. The cuts are so fast. Uh, and he ITMs that he had found Teresa tenderhearted. And he tells Teresa, if you didn't, if you're in your, in your heart, you didn't think you were boastful, I think you should let it go. 
the next portion, we get the rose ceremony. (laughs) And Gary says we need hope, which really rings differently after watching the Bachelor in Paradise episode where they named the poop baby Hope. I know. I know. It's like, uh, uh, there was just like, obviously a heavy poop theme the whole night. Even the tag of this show had uh, farts in it at the very least. I was like, don't do that to them. Come on. He basically says uh, there's some highs and and lows, but they need to keep the hope. We get into the rose ceremony. Faith gets first, first flower. Sandra, Leslie, Nancy, Susan, April, DLP emerges for that FRT final rose tonight. Does administer a dark touch tonight. Uh, not quite a rarity anymore, but you don't get it every every game. And you know what I really miss is the tings. You don't get any tings in Golden Bachelor because it's so fucking fast. Mm-hmm. That pace. Slow it down. Give me a ting. Ting or two. Release the ting tapes. Teresa, of course, gets that final rose. We knew she was going to. That's a producer rose. And uh, when Christina gets this final rose, we cut to see Edith and Christina, who will be going home tonight. And Christina, upon hearing that she's not getting a rose delivers my face play of the game surprised eyes tongue to the side it's a nice subtle a little understated i think not a lot of people saw this, but an editor saw it because an editor used it. And uh, props <laughs> to the editor for leaving that beautiful face play in the game. I think these types of face plays are happening all the time. And it takes a good editor to see them and put it in the show. So thank you. Then we get the Tamsig. Teresa ITMs that she's sad. She made Kathy upset. And she had a good relationship with her up until this whole thing. And she hopes that they can move forward with some good feelings. We get a moment between Teresa and Kathy where they talk about how nice Gary is. And Teresa tells her that Gary came into her room to STCO her when she was crying. And Kathy immediately fucking gets pissed. That's the kind of thing you need to keep to yourself. <laughs> she's just like, hammer Teresa. This is... This is the reason that I didn't, by the way, give Kathy my play of the game. I think it's going to come back to bite her in the ass. I think it eliminated her from like long game possibilities. Uh, it's a hard play to stick around with for the rest of the season. I think it's, you know, it's a strategy. It is a strategy. Uh, Kathy ITMs that she thinks Teresa had no clue. She runs her mouth all the time, but she's intuitive. She says she feels Teresa is kind of manipulative, but she can't figure out if she's dumb or manipulative. I said... Teresa ITMs that she wants this journey with Gary and the women to be good, which I liked that, Mm -hmm. that it's like she's going through this journey with the women as well. Real sisterhood. And then we get that farting tag. It's all the asking crew members. Yeah. I will say this was the best use of toilet humor tonight. If you had to uh, compare how they use it in Golden Bachelor versus how they use it in Bachelor in Paradise. This is the way to do it if you're going to do it. Friendship building. A short pop. And yeah, you see everybody's kind of laughing and having a good time with it. Uh, you don't use it like you use it in BIP where nobody's having a good time with it and it is a medical emergency potentially. And um, No, we're making fun of someone's illness. Yeah, it's real bad. Anyways, who was your MVP? For her, for my play of the game, for her face play, for her four TRR self-elimination, Joan was my MMMMVP. I thought 
thought she was the star. She was the star. She was. And she would have gotten my MVP as well had she not self-eliminated. Instead, Kathy Mm -hmm. was my... M-M-M-M-M-V-P. She just brought something tonight that uh, <laughs> has been percolating, but tonight really got unleashed. I think she's at the top of her game right now. We're going to see what she can do with it. I don't foresee her going to hometowns, but I do foresee her making it right up to that point and kind of uh, maintaining dominance in the player pool up to that point, I think. But also she could be on a two-on-one. Huh. We could see the first golden two-on-one with her and Teresa. Time will tell. There's not that many players left. That's true. Time will tell. Like who goes home before Kathy? Uh, I, sh- I don't know. I don't know. It's a strong pool left. I know. We're really getting down to some very <laughs> strong players now. But I mean, like, look at this. This is a what do they call it? A, a problem of riches or whatever. You know what I'm talking about? Spoils of riches. I don't know what it is. There's a phrase that's like you're talking about your problems, but basically you don't have any problems. Champagne problems. Something like this. We have so many players left that are all good that we want to watch all of them continue playing Mm -hmm. for as long as possible. You just don't have that anymore. And it isn't just about how good these players are. And these players are great. They're also being presented properly. It's just, it's so fucking well done. All right. Anyway, we now have to move on to Bachelor in Paradise (laughs) Season 9, Week 3. Just remember one thing. It's not your poop baby. It's going to be our poop baby. Tonight on VIP, Tyler Norris is back. Tanner shows up. Braden gets played. He feels like a dirty whore, he says. And Samantha Jeffrey's shit, maybe. That's in the promo. So you know it's going to be a good one. Portion one, we open with some weird thing about Sean McLaughlin talking to Sam at the bar about how good he smells. And then on the there's a Chiron on the screen with an asterisk that says he does not smell good. This is how we open the show. What the fuck is this? I don't even understand it. It's like, everybody here smells like shit, and she can't take a shit, and everything's terrible all the time. I don't get it. I don't understand it. Why do they want us to be thinking about bad smells? Why do they want us to think that Rachel Reckia is with a smelly player? It makes no sense. Literally none. It's It just is that. It's like this kind of, at least in the old seasons, I will say this. It felt like the the producers didn't like the players but that they were active in that mm. dislike. This feels like they just don't care about him anymore or something. It doesn't even feel like there's maliciousness behind these things. It's just some kind of like pale echo of the the poison that used to be in the producer tears from years prior. It's not even a good attempt at like making fun of him. It doesn't make any sense. It's not set up well. We have no context for it. The Chirons continue to bash him. I I wonder what he did to this Chiron person. I don't know. Well, or to a producer. We'll see by the end of the season. Just didn't didn't read their scripts correctly. Also, the promo gives away everything that happens. Again, it's like clear the golden bachelor before you get that quick pop of Gary crying. Yes. And you wonder why is he doing it? This we literally spoil who people are asking on dates. And then we're gonna see them talk to other people as if they might ask them. I'm like, what? Wasting my time. Absolutely. And indeed, they are wasting your time. I would say about an hour and 20 minutes of tonight was completely unnecessary out of the two hours, in my opinion. It was recap. Yes. It was recap upon recap upon flashback upon recap. I was like, is this this is just the clip show episode? Yeah. I, 
I wonder if they like got confused what the order was and they were like, shit, we need another episode. Three could be this. Yeah, exactly. Just use a bunch of footage from episode two in episode three as flashbacks yeah. of what they're... And we'll have Sean recap every single couple that's together uh, 50 times. And then that, there we go. Yeah, it was just a mess. We got in this first portion basically just recapping who all the couples are. Braden is uh, in a guy chat talking about how he didn't think it was going to be so serious so fast with Kat and that he's falling in love with her. El 3 loads this for her. And we already know what's going to happen. We've seen it in all the promos, so there's no uh, surprise here. They pull up the old footage of Kat saying she's not going to want to explore something else, so they're giving her a villain edit now in this. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's just who she is, and they're setting up this kind of strong connection between them. She's going to be the bad guy. Tanner shows up 20th sand, meets DLP at the gates to hell. DLP gives him that date card. Tanner walks in, bro vibes all around, some chest bumps. The women all think he's cute. Jess ITMs, I can't believe how hot he is. Kat, oh my God, he's so hot. His hotness is everywhere and threatening everyone. And this also can't be the way you introduce every new character to the beach. It's just by having a montage of everybody going, they're so hot. Just hot packages. I get it. All of these people are hot. We, we can see it. We're watching the TV show. Yeah. We're watching that same show. So we can see it with our own eyes. We don't need these characters to uh, <laughs> make sure that we understand that. We get it. Like, just don't even have those things. Just have them walk in and let's see what goes on. Give me one long shot of Tanner Cortad walking down those stairs. If they're hot, just show us. Yes. Show, don't tell. And, and there's no need to cut away from it. I'm telling you, a super long shot, minute long of Tanner coming onto that sand and like hugging and just watching him kind of go around. How, who does he say hi to first? Let me see it as it's actually happening. That would be fascinating. Instead, we cut to, oh my God, so hot, so hot, so hot. Portion two. Tanner reads, we see some chickens, uh, big cock-a-doodle-doo energy. We see Tanner uh, reads the card. He pulls Jess. Jess says, I'm wearing a one-piece because I'm bloated. That makes the edit. Blake Moyes says, Jess is a hot commodity. We see the one-on-one between Tanner and Jess. I couldn't believe they left that in there. Um, Not only once, but she repeats it again, twice. Twice. Yeah. So you know it's something that she's self-conscious about. You're playing, the audio is off face. You can lift that audio and it, it's played on her back, I think, both times. It's it's part of that thing of they need to show these players suffering. They need to show that no one here is comfortable, which is not a good TV show. It's not something fun to watch. You can have comically that effect on like one or two characters and that can work, but not everybody all the time. That shouldn't be the thing you're looking for in the edit, in my opinion. Anyways, Braden, uh, ITM's being scared that uh, he might get hurt. He's anxious. When Tanner pulls Cat, Cat comes back to the group and, um, or sorry, Tanner comes back to the group and selects his target for this date. It is Cat. Izzo, she accepts. Olivia gives a full mouth and full eye after shock face play here. I absolutely loved it. She was doing. She's, I'll just say this to me, she's the greatest player on the beach this season. She is doing some incredible, incredible work. Yes. She's the only one who is popping off screen who you're like, yeah. oh, what, what are they going to say? I like kind of want to see. You know why? She's the only one having fun. 
She's the only person on this whole show having fun when she's like, it's going to get fucking crazy. And I am here for it. So are we. Now we're with you. You're our perspective of the show. You're the only person enjoying themselves in this fucking batshit crazy scenario. Everybody else is like crying or trying not to be too big because who the fuck knows what your edit's going to be. We cut to uh, this wild face play after Olivia gives this face play reaction. We cut to her doing this face play that I... I don't know what it's in reaction to, and I don't even know what to call this. I've never seen it before. It is incredibly exotic. I just haven't ever seen anything like it. And for that reason, it was my face play of the game. Is it self grooming, self soothing? I have no idea. She is. Holding, she's got one fist like balled up and she's leaning her cheek into it. Then with the other hand, she's covering the fist and using her thumb to pull her lip directly down while looking in the eyes of another player. I'll show it to you now, Lizzie. I am looking at the image right now. Look, you do tend to put hands in your face play a lot. And I'm just, someone's got to say it. It's notable. I have a, a different face play, but all right, well, Olivia is giving the most always in every single ITM in all her face play, in all her gesture yeah. play. I really so appreciate her this season. Uh, we see one-on-one between Tanner and Jess. Jess, you did great up there. Tanner, which one's Blake? Oh. I picture you just raging. You have no idea. You have no idea. I wrote that here. <laughs> like Clues is raging. Clues is mad. I, I said, I see, LOL, I see Clues raging. I was like, come on, dude. Know the game you're playing. Jesus Christ, have some respect, dude. Have some fucking respect. She shows him a wound, and then we cut to Tanner and Kat talking, and they talk about Brayden being a golden retriever. And we see. Brayden talking to Aaron B about this little chat and he says I'm staying positive and then he does this little like little kind of like half his face is scrunched up it's a wild wild Johnny Depp looking face Mm -hmm. I loved it it's It's beautiful you know he's got the mustache he's got the scarf the one eyebrow is going all the way almost all the way up to the hairline and that's why Brayden got my face play of the game we see Brayden say he's crossing everything on the decisions Cat makes his eyes his toes this is reader behavior I Mm -hmm. feel like this is one of the examples we put in our colorful narrator ITMs yeah and they go on the date and Olivia ITMs, my best friend taking my number one on a date. Are you crazy? Are you insane? And no conversation. So we get to this one-on-one date and we see two horses. They walk up and these horses were my. <laughs> Creature of the week. Was so thankful when I saw these horses because I was afraid that I was going to have to give my Creature of the Week to the... Shit turtle. And when I saw literally any other creature of merit, I was like, thank you. Uh, The horse is, of course, a time-honored tradition in our beloved game. In all of the game formats, you always get this horse date. And so, thank you. A little bit of class still left here in Bachelor in Paradise Season (laughs) 9. 
we see this day of them on the horses. Nothing here. Cat ITMs. I'm an emotional connection person. It's fun and easy. It's an ah moment. And then we see a sad Braden edit on the sand. And people wonder if he would even go on another date. He's loading love level three for Cat. He's doing scarf play in his mm-hmm. sadness. I enjoyed that, covering yep. his face, using it to cover different parts of his body. Um, we see on the one-on-one date, they're on the beach now. Tanner says she was on his short list. She says she has this fear of horses. And Tanner, and she tries to do a cheers. He goes, I'm not going to do a cheers. I'm going to do this and kisses her, which I actually thought was a great kiss lead-in. Yeah, I did too. Tanner's a strong player. Uh, clearly, he's the hottest guy on the beach. Uh, back at the beach, we see Braden ITMing having a pit in his stomach. A little bit of tear play here. He wants somebody to choose him. Portion four begins one-on-one time. Jess and Blake discuss his birditarian diet. We get a montage of birds. Um, this was interesting to some degree. Maybe the most interesting thing that happened all episode. The couples are lounging around. Aaron S. is all exiting Eliza. Sorry, Aaron B. is all egging Eliza. Sean and Rekia discuss being natural blondes. Sean gets the ITM code for narration about all the couples and their different vibes. We get a recap footage from uh, one episode ago to remind us of the love triangle between Kylie, Mercedes, Olivia, and Will. And Will ITMs and all eggs for Mercedes. Horrible. They get Will once again to say in an ITM, there's nothing that can ruin my day. Cut to Tyler Norris enters the game. Uh, 21st Sand. No meeting of DLP. He comes in with a date card once again to uh, an array of everyone on the beach saying how hot he is. And of course, we know that he has a literal pass with Rekia because he was a player on her season who I believe finished third out of her dating pool. So... He pulls Rachel Rekia first. She ITMs being anxious and nervous because... I feel like he was lower. They he She eliminated him in the middle of the day portion of the hometown date at the fair boardwalk. Yeah, I remember that. It was in like a little gazebo thing, wasn't it? But I remember he tried to love level for her while she was doing it. Yeah, I remember that too. That was rough. But we see this one-on-one time with Tyler and Rachel. Tyler asks her if she's been on a date yet. She says no. And I felt the same thing. Whatever she's feeling that moment, I felt yes. it too. I was like, why fucking not, producers? She makes a face plate. She's like, no. Yeah, can you believe that? It's unreal. And I can't believe it. I don't know what's going to happen at the end of this season with her, but Jesus Christ, you got to cut ties with the franchise now. I'm very sorry. These these people have not treated you well. No, we're three weeks in. We haven't seen her or Blake Moynes go on a date. He's getting this hot edit. He says he's Tyler 2.0. Aaron B says you can phone a friend with those abs of his. Rekia tells Tyler that she's chill now. We see Braden say he thinks it would be a cute redemption story if they got together. And Sean is reading her body language. We then see when he pulls Jess, she uses her sand bloated pickup line again. Mm -hmm. Uh, We see... She says she's never been on a date. He then pulls Mercedes and she gets that date card. We get the sad will edit. We get the end of this portion. When we come back, we get the guy workout reel and Sam reveals that it's been nine days. No poo. We cut to that turtle 
I'm going to call this an injury for illness. Definitely an IFI. We see her emerging from the bathroom and we see the turtle. Ugh. We saw a donkey shitting in season 25, but. Poop baby turtle. We finally see after it sticks its head out, it goes back in the shell. And now that the turtle has finally made it in the actual document, unfortunately, it has to be my. <laughs> <laughs> Creature of the week. I understand. I mean, it's been in every episode. Star of the season. Oh, Pace Case. I understand. This isn't a decision that I wanted you to make, but I understand you had to make it. I really do. (laughs) Are you trying to get me to cry when he says, oh, Nancy? Like, that made me cry. And he did it again this episode. Yeah. Oh, Joan. (laughs) I love your your empathy as a mom. Ugh. God, he's so wholesome. Back to the shit. I'm sorry. She's taking laxes. We get a flashback of her getting a rose and sweating. Uh, And then we get a new creature to represent the poo, a gopher going in a hole. Yeah, which is B-roll. That's not shot in Paradise. That editor and that producer were like, oh, find a gopher popping out of a hole. That'll represent shit. They then find that footage and put it in here. This is not shot at Paradise. This is a joke. Neither is the turtle. I buy that turtle might have been shot there at like some exotic turtle store or something. It's a pretty good shot of a turtle. You think they went to a turtle store to get? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, you're right. I guess that's probably B-roll too. For some reason, the background of it looks at least a little more like a beach or something. It's viable that that turtle is in Paradise. The gopher is like a, in an open field of grass popping out of a fucking gopher hole. Like, there's no gophers on the beach. I don't know. We've seen some wild animals there. I digress. Uh, this is true minutia. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. So Sam ITMs that she's taking laxatives and all this and nothing's working. And uh, as soon as that rose ceremony was done, she had to poop, but then it went away. And then a doctor shows up, Dr. Kelly Tenbrink, 394 Instagram followers, and my Jorge, 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 Jorge Moreno, bystander of the week. I mean, this man had full scripted lines. <laughs> This man who carried this whole storyline, and I'm very curious if actual doctors would say this is exactly how this goes. Ten days is the worry mark, but he was also my... Jorge, 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 Jorge Moreno, bystander of the week. 
talks about the largest poop baby he's ever seen, 16 inches. They sedate people to bring it out. And then he suggests, oh, wait, first we get the toilet baby clock. Yeah. Um, this is a bad move. Screen. They do a lot of chirons. Horrible. Disgusting. Cheap. They think they're funny. None of them are. It, yeah, exactly right. It cheapens the show. You didn't like the vibe count? Didn't like the, I like the vibe count better than the shit clock. The shit clock also is just like, it's like poorly done, you know? Like, if you're going to do the shit clock, clock, fucking do it. Don't have like a little toilet emoji. Yeah, like a little kid yeah. timer. It was bizarre. It was just a bizarre choice and um, one that didn't need to be made, quite frankly. It didn't add to anything, you know? It didn't make this better. It made it like get it off my TV. You you wanted to watch it less than you already did because of that, in my opinion. No, if you're going to include this at all, you say how it's affecting the relationship that she's had with Aaron S. But we haven't even seen them speak to each other, so it's like exactly we don't care. We don't even know these people. The doctor says do digital stimulation or all these other things. We end that portion, and did you hear this casting card? Yes, I did. I'm sorry. <laughs> Yes, I did. I was hoping maybe you didn't. No, I I watched them all. I mean, I have to. I feel very obligated, of course. Uh, but yeah, this casting card says, "Are you ready to drop your number two and find your number one?" That's the show we are watching. Are you fucking a guy down by the river and you can't take a shit? <laughs> yeah. Have you not taken a shit in nine months? And you live in the basement of a comic book store? Did your test results reveal no fecal <laughs> matter? We come back. I'm sorry. The shit clock is ticking again, but now the toilet icon has been replaced by an icon of logs. And Sam is girl chatting with Olivia about stomach issues and Dr. Kelly Tenbrink's shit clock. And then we get Olivia ITMing about poop babies and her desire for Sam to stay. Night falls. Braden waits for Kat to return. Wells shows up now. He emerges like a vampire and Sean fills him in on Tanner and Taylor's arrivals and date targets. So now Sean is just telling Wells. This is where I wrote Sean recaps to Wells. Worst BIP episode ever. This was the moment for me. <laughs> it was for me too. I wrote a whole thing about like, what are we doing here? It's he's recapping shit. We have all seen and already seen recapped by other people. Now we got to watch one more person recapping it to fucking Wells. We've already heard Sean recapping it. Yes. Multiple times. I feel like I'm losing my mind. This is just, uh, and the, you know what? The sad thing is this, the sad thing is this, you want to make this fucking show interesting. Get out of this format. Just give us long takes of weird conversations. Give us long takes of what these people are really talking about. That, show will be fascinating if they're actually meeting for the first time show us what they're talking about please fuck show us how they're flirting exactly make it more real none of this feels real and it's recycled also like you're telling me sean just goes over like hey wells what's up dude let me fill you in this couple's together this couple's been together but this love triangle is going on this couple over here's together but they're kind of shaky i mean it, it, none of this seems real. And they put the Chiron under Sean. Should be worried about his own business. Yeah, exactly. It's like it's... Did you ever watch that show Blind Date? Uh, my sixth grade teacher married a woman he met on it. Whoa, that's fucking crazy. I didn't know that shit like that happened. And he got drunk and they were like groping in the hot tub or something. I never saw it, but... 
This was a show that was on in the late 90s and early 2000s. It was a dating reality show where they'd set two people up on a blind date. There was a host named Roger Lodge, and I think somebody hosted it later after him too. But the format of the show was they would just follow these people on a date, like a cheap, real-ass date. Like These were kind of just like real-ass people in their 20s and 30s in LA going on dates in the valley and shit, you know? We had hundreds of hats. They hung from the ceiling of our classroom. That's like uh, Gino in 90 Day. But uh, they would pop little chirons and shit up all across the bottom of that show that would like make fun of the players or the people that were on the dates or like things that were happening. Bachelor in Paradise has that feel because of these things. And it's like, again, it's a feel from 20 fucking years ago. It's very old feeling, in my opinion. Uh, we see Kat and Tanner return. Brayden pulls her... And he asked what she thought of Tanner. She said, fun to get out. Energy levels were different. Listen, I don't see feelings growing. And he's like, what changed? She's like, I didn't think about you while I was on the date. Fucking rough. (laughs) And Kat telling Brayden that she didn't think about him on the date was my... Error, 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 error of the game. Cat's uh, entire conversation here with Braden was also my error, 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 error of the game. We get the game. The game is you tell the producers who your number one is. They then withhold that person. They find two people who have who are both each other's number ones. Then they stagger their entry. So one of those players is going to have to manipulate somebody else into giving them a rose to stay around for that other player. That's their incentive to manipulate someone. That's what's happening here, 100%. And uh, it's just, I don't know. It's uninteresting. The way she's playing it is like, don't we all know this is how it works? But you have to pretend to be 4TRR. You have to at least still pretend yeah. that you care about them and whatever. I mean, this is what Brennan Marais got in trouble for. You have to at least say, oh. With uh, Natasha. Sure. Like, yes. I just need to have a couple more conversations. And then you go, I'm so sorry. But like the spark with them is undeniable. Like, yes. I loved what we had. And like, I all I want is for you to find your person. Exactly. Yeah. You've taught me so much. All that shit. Look, she could have said that to him. We don't know. But I'm assuming she didn't. <laughs> I don't think she said that to him. We, I think we saw enough. I'm just saying, I never believe a document. Yeah. She's like, I I really, I need to think about it, but I didn't think about you once when I was on that date with Tanner. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I did see her say that, literally. Um, so Brayden uh, is left was, here, uh, <laughs> dejected. It was pretty funny. Yeah. Brayden's dejected, he's hurt. Uh, any ITMs that he allowed himself to think about a future outside of here now that doesn't exist at all Kat is getting a villain edit here for sure but she hasn't really I wrote left herself much of an alternate option with the way she played this like you were saying it's just what are you doing you watch Mercedes kind of do it later she actually does it correctly she she had to know and I mean she talks about how she was having doubts but like you have to vocalize everything to the person. You mm-hmm. have to like slow play that a little bit. Um, there's just, yeah. But that whole thing is basically like that, uh, or like first one, two, three episodes of every paradise that's designed to get two people who are each other's number ones to stagger their entrance. 
the design mm-hmm. of that necessarily means someone's going to get fucked over. Whoever that first player is using to get a rose is going to be fucked over. So you're baking into your season a guaranteed person getting shattered, fucked over in some way, being mm-hmm. sad. The show doesn't have to be that. Everybody can wa- show up here and fucking date around and everything's cool and we all find our best players and now it's a big fucking beach party with all of our favorite characters from our favorite show. I'll watch that show. That'd be fun as hell. Blake Moines could show them about all the different animals. Yes. He could take them to the turtle uh, store and show them all the turtles. I'm loving this. I think this is a hit show. Um, <laughs> Blake Moines in the Turtle Store of Paradise. I just kept like thinking about what we weren't seeing of Rachel Reckia and Blake Moines during during all these episodes, but especially mm-hmm. this one. And I was picturing the Blake Moines like animal show. And then I was picturing like even if Rachel Reckia's developing her relationship with Sean is boring or it seems whatever, like I want to watch it. I don't care. I feel like there's there are game mechanics that they're just not employing too. Like the Bachelorette, I'm sorry, should be able to do things in the game that other players can't. They should get two date cards coming in. Yes, two date cards or fuck something. Live in a separate barracks, you know, something like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know exactly what it is, but like she's a Bachelorette. That's a very rare thing in Paradise. She should be given, I think, like a like Becca Kufrin. We know was given internet access that wasn't ever shown in the show, but she did get a special privilege that the other players did not fucking have. And she did use that to look up Thomas Jacobs while she was there. They pay everyone different amounts to be there. Yeah. Well, yeah. Anyway, these, these alternate universes, I'm hoping, I mean, we got to see them go on a date eventually, right? I have no idea. Like what is the rest of the season? I don't know. I think there's only like four more players showing up. So you tell me. Uh, we see <laughs> Brayden talking to the boys, saying he's a placeholder and blindsided. Kat's telling everyone it's a... Oh, she's talking to Blake Boy, and she goes, oh, it's a great, good reset. Maybe you'll get a date next, Blake. I was just like, oh, this is crushing me. Yeah, that's and rough. Brayden says she has no emotion in her voice. I got played hardcore. And he asked the guys, did it look fake? And Will ITMs that he thinks it's all an act and it's shady and that it, and he tells him that he thinks it was for the rose. This villain edit is going hard. And we see Wells do a how you doing to Brayden. And he talks about how his heart was stabbed and he saw a future, but now he's the butt of a joke. Blake ITMs is cold blooded. She's clearly chasing a rose. And then he describes the murder birds that <laughs> we've seen in all of these episodes yeah. that rip the crabs' hearts out. I loved that we're like getting some more information on these critters. Yeah. But then I didn't love that he says it's women ripping guys' hearts out. Yeah. Bitches be ripping out hearts. That seems to be what's happening, at least to Brayden. Uh, Kat comes over to the bar. Kylie tells her she needs to be a little more sensitive. And Kylie and Jess take Kat aside and tell her that Brayden's really upset. And Kat is like, what? Feigning a surprise here. Kylie, Jess, Kat have a little girl chat. Jess says, uh, Brayden says you were cold. And she's like, well, that's his opinion. <laughs> Uh-oh. Digging it a little <laughs> deeper here. Jess further explains uh, that it felt to him like she just flipped a switch and stopped talking to him basically. And then Kat goes into full defensive mode. She refuses to apologize or accept 
her role in this at all. Uh, if it's if Braden's feeling some type of way, that's on him. Cat ITMs that not wanting to continue with Braden is fair and valid, which it is. This is paradise. But again, mm-hmm. like you're saying, Lizzie, you got to handle this differently. She ITMs that if Braden is feeling that uh, she was cold, she needs to talk to him about it. Olivia ITMs being there for drama. Then this is what I'm talking about in this ITM. She loves this. She's like, I love this shit. You know what? If they start crying, I got two shoulders they can cry on. A double fucking future STCO cast. Unreal. Breeder behavior. Oh, for sure. Two shoulders. Yeah. I, I just wrote, she is my favorite player by far this season. Uh, we see this one on one time between Kat and Braden. She's saving it. I agree. Kat tells him that she doesn't want her words to be twisted. And he didn't have a conversation with her before talking to other people. But she, from my memory, she was the one that left the initial conversation with him to begin with. Uh, but he tells her that she made him feel like he was just a rose to her. And she's like, that's false. She ITM. She has dealt with men like this when she was 21. And she doesn't have time for that. And Kat lays into him for making things awkward. He maintains he's going to tell people how he feels if they ask. He tells her that she doesn't have to explain herself to him. And she says, I do because you don't see the situation for what it actually is. And Braden says, I'm confused. I feel hurt and used like a dirty whore, he says. Dirty whore part was off base, I think. Oh, I think there was much of this that was. I don't know how much of this was actually said. Everything I've been saying in this is like, what they put in the presentation. Yeah, chopped. Who knows what was real? Cat ITMs that she never tried uh, to hurt his feelings, but if he still wants to feel that way, fine. It's very difficult for her too, I think, she says in this ITM. I don't know what weird manipulations yeah. were going on here, but they're making her look as bad as possible in these edits. This is very difficult for me too, I think. Yeah. That seemed like some weird manipulation. Uh, back to the conversation. She's not trying to betray him. She says she demands that he sits with the words she's saying, and she calls him argumentative. He says, I'm feeling strong emotions, and you can't switch up because someone else tells you your feelings aren't valid. And she storms off. Uh, and I, I thought she was just taking a nosedive here. She is the villain of the season so far. And Braden ITMs that if you care about someone, you don't treat them like that. She is cold, bro. Portion 8 begins. Braden is walking the beach at night. Tanner ITMs that Paradise feels surreal and it's a weird environment. Sean explains to Tanner that Will's gotten the worst of it, though, because we see now Will is walking the beach and he explains how Will had both of his uh, possible matches snatched away by interlopers. Hey, Sean, could you uh, recap the couples for us some more? I, I'm not sure who's together. Yeah. They got Sean fucking up late memorizing charts and shit of which couples are together and what the love triangles are. <laughs> They're like, you got call times at 6 a.m. You got to go through the charts. Yeah. <laughs> they don't even actually let him talk to Rachel Reck yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's why. That's why we don't have any footage of them talking together. He's studying yeah. the chart. He's just in the colorful narrator. Yeah. Uh, we see this one on one between Tyler and Mercedes. And she brings up Instagram here. She says he was cute on Instagram, but he's cute in real life. And they see a shooting star. We then see, I guess, a visual representation of what that might have looked like. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and Tyler, bold uh, bold move here, says he watched her season and came to Paradise to meet her. And she says, you were my number one. So they're, you know, top of the list. They're, they're playing up the lists a lot more this season also. Absolutely. And it's, I don't think they should do that, honestly. Like if they can do it, if they want to lean hardcore game, but it is showing us that the players know too much about the game for any of this to really be real. Yeah. And that you're like 
well, all the couples are predetermined. Yes. That's how it feels. Uh, we see, cause you want to believe it's happening for the first time that they're mm-hmm. meeting and they're actually, it's actually just like a pure kind of experiment. You know, I mean, take it. Look, if, if there are any producers listening now, this is how you could do it. When you reach out to, um, players potentially to be on love is blind. You obviously ask them for their list. Who do you want to see there? Bachelor in Paradise? Yeah. Did I say something else? You just said Love is Blind. Sorry. When you reach, when the Bachelor in Paradise <laughs> casting people are... Um, notch down. Yeah. You notch down. Z- 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 he just, <laughs> he just short circuits. <laughs> uh, you don't ask them who their number ones are and shit. Don't ask them for a list. You simply invite them. Do you want to come to Paradise? Yes or no? Yeah. Then the scientists won't even be swayed either way. Exactly. Then it's like whoever's there is there. And of course, you know that you're going to pick like the top as as many of the people from like the top six of every season. You're going to try and get as many of those as you can. They're all DMing each other anyway. You know what I mean? It's fine. You'll have yes. enough to go off and then you won't have this weird stutter step thing. Then it truly is like that person doesn't know. Like Kylie doesn't fucking know if Avon's going to show up. Yeah. She has to like weigh that. Yeah. How deep should I get into this? That's such a good idea. Actually. No list. Um, we see them talk about how they're best friends with the other ones. <laughs> so they could be four best friends. We get a raccoon. They think that that is really lucky as well as the shooting star. And he asked her what her wish was. <sighs> There's nothing here. They kiss. Uh, we start getting this sad Will edit again. And I, I'm again like, wait, so if Will is not ending up with Mercy, why are we getting so much Will time? If he's just getting dumped again, this isn't even... We uh, Mercedes lo- loads love level one for Tyler. They make out. There's fireworks. Sad will we end on. Uh, come back. Wells is giving him a pep talk. And Mercedes and Tyler kiss at the threshold. Uh, Sam tells Wells about the poop situation. He calls her Cinderella. He pulls. Uh, and then Sam finally tells Aaron S. And he's a paramedic. Says he sees this a lot. I'm like, do they? Maybe. I I don't know exactly, but uh, we did get some funny lines. I thought from him, and I thought he played this pretty well. I think he's he's doing all he can this season. Yeah, uh, eventually he brings her a poo poo platter, and Aaron's poo poo platter was my play 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 of the game. I thought he was presented Mm. here with a basically unwinnable situation, a very strange situation, to say the least. Mm -hmm. And he made uh, good jokes out of this, also made her feel better about it, seemingly, took it in stride. And the things that he was bringing, I don't know if that shit really helps or not, but like it seemed like maybe it would. (laughs) I don't know. No, it's funny. At least you get a bunch of food on your last night there, if it is. And I also... he is going to lead her in stretches, says it's our poop baby. Mm-hmm. I mean, su- supportive king. And we don't get the uh, the Ark of Noah. No, we don't. But we get another shit clock. This time, the, the logs are now a chocolate donut. Found that good. But they're eating all this stuff. I did not notice that the graphics changed. You got a keen eye. 
I couldn't believe it. Every time it popped up on the screen, I was like, are they really doing the fucking shit clock again? And I'm like, oh my God, they fucking changed it. So they also thought that that was somehow funny, that it changed from the first one was a toilet, then it was logs, then it was a chocolate donut, then it was toilet paper, I believe. So even wow. that, the producer sitting wow, in that wow. in that bay with the editor is like, uh, what if we change it up? Don't make it a toilet every time. Make that part of it something different every time. But leave the baby face. Mm-hmm. What? It's an Easter egg. Clues. God. Fans will love it. Anyway, they eat all this food. And uh, somebody is talking about how Braden's job is to make people shit. I didn't quite understand that. And then we see Aaron and Sam are walking the beach. He makes her do these leg maneuvers. And he's ITMing that it was a nice time. A mini one-on-one, he says. And he says the poop may be might be named Hope. I can't believe we don't get the resolution of this in this episode. Not only are they going to drag us through it. They stretched the shitting out, yeah, for for two weeks. It's unbelievable. We see next week on BIP, the doctor comes back. Did she poop or not? John Henry comes in. Everyone thinks he's super hot. He goes for Kylie. She's going to go on the date. So no need to watch next week. Uh, They just tell you everything that's going to happen here. John Barres shows up. He's also hot. He pulls Eliza. She goes on the date with him. Uh, just like in our last season. So you don't need to watch that portion of the show either. And then the Paradise Truth Box comes in. It's going to destroy a couple. And it looks like Kat's getting even a worse villain edit. And then we see in the tag, uh, Braden is doing some freestyle about Paradise while Aaron B is beatboxing and Aaron S and Jess are there kind of dancing around with them. And that's it. Who was your MVP? For his... At least making his sad boy edit interesting... Braden was my M M M M V P. He had my face play. I think that he is playing the victim. Is it? He won the battle between him and Cat in the breakup. In terms of the edit. I agree. Uh, I would have given it to him. I love Braden. I mean, I think everybody uh, knows that. Everybody in the nation knows that I'm a big fan of Braden Bowers. Mm-hmm. But I got to say, uh, I gave it to somebody else. Olivia Lewis was my... M-M-M-M-M-V-P. She's simply doing the most with the least by a magnitude that is immeasurable. (laughs) She is the reason that I'm still kind of in this season. I'm hanging on her, what she's going to say, what Mm -hmm. she's going to do, her reactions to these situations and ITMs. Her colorful narration is, I mean, this is like Demi Burnett level, in my opinion. She's always in that. The parasocial gaze. You're connecting with her. Like, yeah. some of the other ITMs, I'm like, what? It's It just feels very phoned in. And mm-hmm. she is, you said it the best, doing the most with the least. Let's see that love story. Would love to see it. I got to say that face play that I saw this week was just like, uh, I, I still can't really make heads or tails of it. We'll post it obviously on our, our Instagram. I've just never seen anything quite like it. It was fascinating to me. A work of art, to be sure. It will be studied in the future. Is it strong play or are we just hanging on, grasping at straws? We'll never know. Time will tell. (laughs) No, because look, here's the bottom, bottom line of this is Bachelor in Paradise is still a pretty good game. The mechanics of it. It needs some tweaking. We've talked about some of it here in this very program today, but um, it's still a good game at the core. And when you have good players in there, 
doing good plays in this game. That is still very fucking entertaining. You just have these mm-hmm. producers who don't understand how to present it or set it up, uh, unfortunately. But still, every once in a while, there's going to be somebody who slips in there and is just fucking blowing things up. Olivia is that player to me this season. And so I hope that she does get to stick around. Well, I mean, she has a rose this week, so she'll mm-hmm. be around for at least another couple episodes. Yeah, and I mean, then first half of next episode, we'll just all be poop babies. So God. That part. What, what are we thinking, poop baby? Does she poop or not? Has she pooped by sunrise? I think she doesn't poop. I think. You think she leaves? She's going to fly to America. Yeah. Interesting. I think she poops. Really? Hmm. You think they wouldn't give us the storyline if she didn't poop? Because I think they would. Yeah, you're right. She's leaving. Fuck. Well, Sam Jeffries, (laughs) thank you for your service. (laughs) No, you're right. You're totally right. We'll see. I don't know. I don't know. I, I like to bet on this. It's, it's. Keeps keeps us involved. No, you're right. You're right. I don't think it's there's a bet here. I think you're 100 percent accurate. I'm just, and I'm also basing this off of like they didn't show any of that love story, so I'm like, no, I, maybe they're not. I don't know, but they could. They could be the next Goose and Crystal. Maybe. I just. The, I agree with you. The fact that they didn't show any of them, the fact that they're trying to drag this into a cliffhanger means they're trying to get whatever value they can out of it. And if she was still sticking around, then they'd have a story to tell. So I think you're right. She probably does fly away. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we uh, we appreciate everybody for hanging in there with us through these these Paradise episodes. We know this season is, um, you know, there have been better seasons and I think there will be better seasons in the future as well. Mm-hmm. But there is stuff to be mined from this one. Things to be learned. Opto 2023. Absolutely. There are future Bachelor in Paradise seasons that are going to be great that we can't even conceive of yet. I think we conceived of one. The mixing of the golden players with the... Oh, yes. Bachelor and Bachelorette players. I think that would be a very interesting paradise. That is one that we have conceived. <laughs> so anyway, we'll see if any of that stuff comes true. But thanks, everybody, for joining us again. And despite BIP... Fucking Golden Bachelor is just, it is the gift that will never stop giving. I'm like at this point, three episodes in, 100% convinced I'm going to love it all. I'm going to love it all deeper than maybe I ever have for any fucking uh, Bachelor thing other than season 21, of course. (laughs) Oh, clues. (laughs) Before we go, as always, what is that Dwabat? It's been 7,872 days without an Asian bachelor. Praise be Dark Lord Palmer. Please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then 